0: didgeridoo means it's time for the Australia News Desk. Here's two of the craziest guys we could find south of the equator. It's Steve Vischer and Grant McHaren from the Plain Crazy Down
1: Under podcast. Dateline, Monday the 9th of December 2013 and thirteen, and. What's that music playing, Steve? Oh, I don't know. This box
0: arrived you know, the other day in the PCDU uh, post office box and well, yeah it was playing all this strange English music. It came from Rob Mark. It, it came from the Rob Mark School of Technology. I, I can't work out how to turn it off. In fact, I don't even
1: remember turning it on. Right, it's a reel-to-reel tape unit, like you used to see on the start of that Mission Impossible thing. Yeah, well, I didn't say it was a small box. But how do we make it stop? <laughs> crying Knees up, Mother Brown. Very funny, Rob. <laughs> uh. Here, hand me that hammer.
0: Welcome, folks, to the Australia Desk for episode 270. There we go. I've turned it off now. Fantastic. I preferred the hammer. (laughs) Yes. I'll throw it out the window later. Well, Grant, uh, do you reckon that we can talk about anything else besides
1: Qantas news this week again? I'd really like to, but unfortunately, uh, Qantas and Jetstar have been generating more column inches of news than well, they normally do for the past three months. It's it's spectacular.
0: Mm, absolutely. Now, you may remember, Grant, that I mentioned a week or two back on the Australia Desk segment that uh, I felt that the Qantas Sale Act was just being brought up rather subtly by the government, just trying to uh, gauge public reaction to the idea that uh, we may have to relax the rules allowing uh, the amount of foreign investment in Qantas. Well, I tell you what, it's become quite a bit more overt this week. And uh, might I say, Grant, even a
1: little bit choreographed between Qantas and the government? No, you think? Although I must admit the government... Government's turning around and saying to Qantas, go away, we're not bailing you out, we're not backing your debt, but you haven't told us exactly what you want. You've been vague and wishy-washy, tell us exactly what you want and we'll think about it. Oh, but you know, maybe we might also do a white paper and, and think about things. You know, In other words, government speak for delay for a year or two and by then the, po- the problem's gone away.
0: Well, I don't think it will have gone away. And in fact, uh, Qantas' woes continued uh, during the week as they announced up to $300 million worth of losses for this financial year. And it's always interesting, Grant, isn't it? When they want to uh, announce bad news or make a point, they seem to be making a loss. I seem to remember they made a profit last year.
1: They did, mate. They did. They managed to prop themselves up and uh, juggle the uh, Disney math of the money and uh, make it look like they had a profit. But for the first six months, now this isn't just for the whole financial year, this is for the first six months, 300 million loss. They reckon probably around 250, but could go as high as 300. They haven't quite locked it down. So yeah, that's huge. They're going to axe 1,000 jobs, including the 300 from Avalon that we've previously reported. Reported on. Uh, of course, this immediately means that uh, standards and pause have dropped their rating. So they're now a um, effectively a junk rating, um, caveat emptor if you give them any money. So that, of course, puts up the cost of their borrowings and so on and so forth. It's likely that Moody's are going to do the same. Uh, you know, We've got people saying this is all because of management failures. You've got the management saying it's all because of an uneven playing field because Virgin's got these other airlines that are pumping money into it. Uh, but like I said last time, Okay, Qantas, get rid of the international arm, go purely domestic, and you too could be 100% owned by foreign companies. And
0: speaking of foreign companies that are interested in Qantas, uh, I just heard on the uh, Talkback Radio News this very morning, Grant, as we record this, China Southern. Very interested, apparently, in uh, acquiring a rather large chunk of uh, Qantas. Now, that's not going to sit well with a lot of Australians, I would tip, uh, for nothing more than national pride issues.
1: Well, it makes uh, Qantas about as good as Metro, the train company here in Melbourne. Let's not (coughs) mention that company, Grant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yes, Qantas and China Southern have done a massive code-sharing alliance between the two of them to help funnel traffic between uh, Australia and China. Of course, it uh, turns out that China Southern, well, the indications are they uh, were some of the funding groups behind the Dixon-Singleton consortium that wanted to take over Qantas. You may remember us reporting on that earlier this year. One of the reasons why that all just disappeared, apparently, according to the rumor, is that uh, China Southern took forever to uh, get around to whether saying whether they would or would not, and everyone Ran out of time and patience, but uh, China Southern—they until recently were saying they had no interest in any equity deals in Qantas, and now there's a possibility. Well, who knows? It's all all kind of vaguely interesting. And uh, right now, Qantas are trying to get anything they can across the line. They reckon the way they're presenting it to the public and the and, and the press and the politicians is that oh, we're in trouble, we're going to go under. And then they turn around and say no, 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 it's okay, keep flying with us, we're okay, we're not going under. So they're almost pushing themselves against the wall and over the cliff themselves.
0: Mm, Yes, it's all rather murky, and uh, I think it's just going to drag on and on. Uh, It it did give Qantas some scope this week while they were announcing bad news to announce some uh, other changes in their network uh, setup, which won't please a lot of people, namely the uh, flagging the closure of their Darwin base up there in the Northern Territory and even the possible closure of their secondary Melbourne base here at Avalon, and that didn't make people in that region of uh, Victoria very happy at all. No,
1: not at all, mate. The first announcement was that they were considering pulling out services from Avalon, which, of course could just be them trying to say, oh, look, it's so hard. Jetstar can't even operate out of Avalon. Cut our rates. Do nice things for us. We're in trouble. Otherwise, we'll leave and you'll have no airline. Uh, I cry um, blowing snow to that one because I reckon if they do pull out, some other airline will come in. There is indication that uh, someone can make a profit there. But the other part of it that's just recently been confirmed is that they're going to shut down their Darwin base. Um, This, of course, is um, creating less than enthusiastic responses from all the pilots and cabin crew who recently moved up there that way to um, staff the Darwin base. And this is not the first time the Qantas group has closed the Darwin base, because uh, if you remember when they resurrected Australian Airlines uh, and all those new logos and libraries, it was sort of like the low cost international before Jetstar wound up taking over that responsibility. They too were based in Darwin until they got shut down.
0: Well, it looks like the aircraft from that Darwin base, and we're only talking, according to this article here in uh, the about three aircraft. Uh, they'll be moved down to a base in at Adelaide in South Australia, which is uh, for those people who are not sure of uh, Australia's uh, geographic makeup. That's uh, several thousand kilometres directly south.
1: Yeah, sort of like uh, going from Wisconsin down to Florida.
0: Yes, absolutely. Although Adelaide is a very nice city, I you know I, I like it. Mind you, I've never been to Darwin, so that might be a little bit unfair to people that live in that part of the world.
1: Well, they. Both have air bases, Adelaide has Edinburgh, and Darwin has the uh, the RAF base up there where they get all the B-52s and people visiting.
0: Absolutely. The Northern Territory has all the coolest air bases in Australia up that way. We should get up there one of these days, mate. Mm, I think we should. Now, uh, speaking of all things military, Grant and the Royal Australian Air Force, they've been announcing uh, their uh, centenary of military aviation uh, air show
1: coming up next year. Grant, I think you went to the media launch for that, did you not? I certainly did, mate. I went out to Point Cook, where the RAF Museum is, caught up again with our friends out there that we we've uh, chatted to in the past, including uh, Ron and Jeff, who are two of the key drivers behind the construction of a Bristol box kite replica. That was the first aircraft to fly for the uh, fledgling Air Force as it was way back then before it became the real Air Force. And, uh, yeah, they had had the box kite out on display on the ramp and an F-18 Classic came in, did a few nice orbits at low level over the top of it and around the tower and so on and then uh, for the third pass pulled vertical and disappeared. And
0: Grant I wasn't able to make that in my current disabled and dishevelled condition but I did suggest that you uh, ask one of the uh, RAF brass there to make sure that when that uh, Hornet did its flyby over Point Cook that it did a very very wide orbit and come over my place which is you know only about 100 kilometres away so I I know they laughed at you Grant but I do appreciate you running it up the flagpole for me.
1: Yes that's right mate I did actually uh, chat with uh, squadron leader Adrian Burge there who's uh, well known to the uh, show and uh, he thought it was a good idea, but uh, not likely to happen. And unfortunately, Coxie, the pilot, wasn't quite in a position to uh, take advantage of that opportunity. But, you know, hey, he did go vertical. So by the time he topped out, he probably could see your place very clearly.
0: I'm sure he could. Now, the Centenary of Military Aviation Air Show will be held next year at Point Cook uh, down there just uh, west of Melbourne on March 1st and 2nd. RAF Base Williams there at Point Cook. And uh, you can be uh, sure that uh, Team PCD will be there to get all sorts of
1: fantastic interviews. Oh, mate, I already got some great interviews I got. Uh, the Deputy Chief of Air Force, and I got the uh, retired Air Vice Marshal who uh, flew the box kite on its first uh, hop, did about 800 to 1,000 metres on its uh, first flight down the runway, just verifying how it was in pitch. And uh, you'll hear that chat along with other content in the near future on playingcrazydownunder.com.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, speaking of shameless self-promotion, Grant, episode 114, finally, of Playing Crazy Down Under is now live. So uh, folks, I hope you enjoy that. Lots of content from our recent outing up there to northern New South Wales to Ozfly. And uh, even a uh, few cameo appearances in there by uh, Fast Eddie and Digital Dave from Oshkosh doing a few uh, sweepers there for us. Great guys. So, uh, folks, I hope you enjoy that. And has We haven't put so many episodes out this year. We're working
1: too hard for the airplane geeks, obviously. I know, mate. I know. They're working us to the bone, and then they turn around and let Rob Mark send us that tape unit. I mean, all it's going to take is this tape will self-destruct, and the circuit is complete, I tell
0: you. Okay, well, I'm not waiting around for that. Until next week,
1: I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm the running away Grant McCarran. Hey Grant, don't run away, I'm still aware. Hey,
0: um, give me a wheelchair quick, McCarran! Sorry! Southern Skies
1: Online Media